Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no holds barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything, but can still be friends. Hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about simple living and a lot of people talk about this, but how do you actually get started? What are the steps that you take and what is the impetus that makes you want to do it as well? So that's what we're going to cover today. So I'm Nicola and I'm here with Angel. Hello. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about simple living. So before we started, um, we were saying about how do you get started, especially in a world that is not geared up to to simple living. Um, And I think that's always been a challenge for me. And even though I talk a lot about living at a gentler pace, it's still a challenge. And... I think you've got, I think, well, I think there are two things. You've got to have a certain discipline to do it. And I think often there's a trigger that makes you really want to do it as well. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, um, I definitely, I hadn't really considered because it sounds like what you're talking about is having your, having your why really. Yeah. Because with, yeah, with society and culture being what they are, it's constantly going to be trying to pull you back. Um, so yeah, for me, this is, this is up for me so, so much right now because, um, just everything in the world feels too big, too intense, too much. And I can't, I feel like I'm not able to process it. Like, I don't feel I think before, I think for a long time, I was able to kind of compartmentalize and put things into a corner kind of in a way and not let it necessarily impact my day-to-day life. But, you know, these past X number of years at this point, I kind of feel like like my hard drive's full. There's no room left to defragment. Like I'd have to delete a bunch of stuff to defragment and I don't know what to delete. Like I'm just computer talk. Sorry. I'm just so full up that there's no space left to do that. And so everything feels like it's front of mind all the time and weighing on my heart all the time. Mm. And so, I mean, for me, that's a pretty massive why, because it's so much in my face that I just can't get around it anymore. Um, and I, I literally have been researching leaving the country, like leaving the U.S. entirely, if not permanently, at least for several years. Um, I've looked at, you know, I've talked with my husband about it. I've looked at maybe moving to a different state, like across the country in the hopes that things would be a little different there. Like, I, but... At the same time, even as I say that, I also think about the thing of like, 
wherever you go, there you are. are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So how have you like, because I know that you guys did make a big move and I think you do feel, I think you feel more at home where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. So did that move have an impact for you or did you still find that you had to change like things within yourself to work towards the simplicity? Well, I think I'm still having to change things. I don't think I've done it altogether. Um, I think you know when we first moved here, we were renting because our house was a new build and it was still being finished. And those three months were really great because neither of us could really work. Um, you know, Chris couldn't do his wood turning. Um, I tinkered about a little bit, but mostly we were just enjoying ourselves. Um, we were going to visit places and obviously we were doing things with the house and the legal stuff and choosing kitchens and stuff like that. So those were really good three months. And I was going out walking every day and we were finding places where I could buy milk um, from a milk box and finding people that we met along the way. Um, So it was a much more gentle pace of life. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, once you start getting back into your normal life again, you've got to start working and earning money. And that's where it sort of started spiraling down because, and I think, you know, some of it is down to me because it's not exactly that I'm a workaholic, but I I quite enjoy work and I want to do a good job and I'm a complete finisher. I want to have all my boxes ticked. You know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so it's quite easy for me to sit and work and work and work. And then you start neglecting all the other things. And I think it's it's trying to find the balance between forging your own path and doing your own stuff, but also making that time. And I find that really hard. If I've got stuff to do, it's kind of feels like it's sitting on my shoulders until I've done it. Yes. And I need to do it before I can go out and do something nice. And then of course it gets to the end of the day and you run out of time and it's pouring down with rain and, oh, you've not been out for a walk again today. Yes. (laughs) I even find that on like on days like today, our garbage goes tomorrow morning. And so we try to do the yard work beforehand because all the clippings and stuff, otherwise it sits in the garage and it stinks. So I need to mow this evening and it's, 9 19 in the morning here right now I'm not going to be outside mowing because it's so stinking hot I won't be outside mowing until at least probably 6 30 this evening Mm. but that literally I feel like it's sitting on my shoulders all day because I know I have to go out and do it I know that it's going to be hot and exhausting and uncomfortable and I hate it and so it literally feels like it's weighing on me all day and I really have this sounds so silly (laughs) I feel silly saying it but I feel like, like I have such a hard time focusing on anything else that needs done today, Mm. knowing that that's kind of hanging out there waiting for me, Mm. which makes it really difficult to (laughs) to be productive, even on days that I do have the energy and I can, 
yeah I don't know no it doesn't sound silly I mean I, I know what you mean if you've got somewhere that you've got to go it's sort of it's sitting there and yeah you know if I'm say I'm writing and I know that I've got to go out in an hour and a half I find it really difficult to focus because yes. I kind of know that I've got a limited amount of time and yeah um you know I'm just kind of getting going and then I've got to leave and so yeah I completely get that yeah it's that it's frustrating yeah I'm not I'm not sure whether it's us who are the problem in the way that we do things and I think for me some of it is almost being institutionalized by the world of work and despite trying to move away from how I used to work I keep circling back to that sort of nine to five Monday to Friday mentality um, and yeah, it's really hard to get out of that. And I know, you know, some people that I know on Instagram, um, they, they've identified this and they talk about body first, business second, and they actively put things in the calendar that they want to do, things like being outside or going swimming or exercising or whatever it is they want to do. And that's how they make it happen but I've not got to that point I still find it a challenge yeah me too see that's so interesting I um I don't know where my iPad is now but I started on a kind of a workbook that someone else created and one of the things that she's having us do is every day for 30 days we start our morning by just sitting down with that page you know, today's page of that workbook. And it's really, she's asking you to dream of who you really are and, and what that person's future could look like or, or what that person's life could look like. And um, one of the things that I wrote down the other day was like, I can see myself waking up so excited to be surrounded by trees like I keep seeing myself in the Pacific Northwest just waking up surrounded by trees and the fog and the beauty and just like oh <laughs> but then I was writing I'm like I would get up and I would get I would make a cappuccino and go sit outside on the balcony and just be with mama just be with the trees and I would spend two hours doing that and then I would meditate for an hour and then I would do my walk or my yoga for 30 minutes and like basically my entire morning was taken up in my, this dream of all the ways that I would take care of myself and put myself and my, my health and well-being first. And I got so into it and I'm like, I can feel it. And it's, I'm so excited and I love this. And then I step back from that and I read it later in the day and I'm like, what in the hell was I thinking? Who spends like four hours on themselves every freaking morning? That's, that's, ridiculous but is it you know what I mean is it I think we've been trained to believe that yeah our whole lives yeah and everything in society um reinforces that belief but you know and then it was like what I kept thinking what if like what if I really did 
and and not even like not even waiting until I move so that I'm surrounded by trees in that way. But what if I could bring some of that to my life now? Like what if I got up at five o'clock in the morning and I did go take my walk and I did sit and meditate for an hour and then I did come back and sit outside and just listen to the birds with my coffee or whatever for a little bit and do some writing or whatever. And then I'm still ready by like 8.30 to start work or whatever. But then that goes back to what you were saying is I'm still trying to fit myself and fit everything into what I've been taught is acceptable working hours. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's if, so you, if you want to spend that time um, on yourself, it's almost like you've got to get up at three in the morning to yes. factor it in. Yes. And I know there are people who, well, purportedly live their lives like that and you know they spend all that time but I think you know the average man in the street the world just doesn't work in that way you know what though see this is what I this is what I keep landing on this is what I keep coming back to and thinking about and maybe this is what we were supposed to really talk about the only way that that changes is if we start changing it. And the only way we start changing it as a society is if we start doing it differently as individuals. And obviously it's true that not everyone is in a position of being able to do that. A lot of us aren't, you know, I'm very, very, very fortunate in my life right now that I technically could, if it weren't for the crushing guilt and (laughs) all that crap, but I think that I really, I really think that any and all of these changes that we want to see, we're only going to see them if we start doing them as individuals. Because I think right now what's happening is everybody's looking outside of themselves and saying, this has to change. That has to change. You have to do something about this. And nobody wants to turn the mirror back on themselves and actually do things differently because it's so uncomfortable. for so many reasons but I really 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 believe that that's the only way any of this is going to change like we stop consuming as much as we consume we stop thinking that we quote unquote need so much stuff because then that requires more money more work and that's just oh my god I could go on a whole soapbox here Nicola (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's a big one because I can join you I I think you hit the nail on the head I think it is about we have to well what is it you have to be the change you want to see in the world yes and it does you know whatever you want to do it does start with us yes just I completely agree with that I think the challenge for a lot of people is we reach this point where we're exhausted we've got the weight of the world on our shoulders one way or another and the thought of having to put the energy and the effort into change yes. is insurmountable or yes. seems insurmountable. And, you know, if you look at things that are going on in the world that you might think, well, that needs to change, it can't go on. How can you impact that? Yes. It becomes an even bigger thing to think about. But like you say, if you start just with yourself and with something small, and it might just be 
you know, giving yourself an hour of you of me time in the morning instead of getting up, charging around, doing things or starting work. Somehow that has a ripple effect. Yeah. And, you know, that's where the impact will start. But I think for a lot of people, it's just it just seems like a monumental task and a monumental thing to have to try to do. Especially right now with everybody being so exhausted from these past several years. And I think we all are. I think so many of us are just completely zapped for various reasons. There's the straw that breaks the camel's back and people reach a point where they go, do you know what? I'm completely done with this. And then you have the change. Yes. You know, it, it could come either way. Yeah, that's where I feel like I am right now. I feel like I told you before we started recording for the past three or four weeks, I've been very quiet, very internal. I haven't been doing stuff on social media or, you know, I've skipped my newsletter here and there and I, I haven't been doing a lot, but I, I feel like I've been going through a little bit of a dark night of the soul and just really questioning because I can see how I'm contributing to the same things that I've been so upset about. I can see how I've been like uber consumer, like just buying stuff without even really considering the, the potential ramifications and the, you know, the ripple effects and and all of that. And so these past several weeks, I've really been sitting with that and thinking about it. And I just randomly, I've got a pile behind me. You can't see it on the floor, but I've got a pile of things that I have started collecting to just give away. I don't need them. I don't use them. I've kept them here for all kinds of reasons. You know, Mm. oh, that was a gift. I can't get rid of that. Oh, I spent good money on this. I can't get rid of that. Like all the stuff, right? We all know all of those things. But then finally I was just, I did. I hit that point of just like, I'm done. Mm. I am absolutely positively freaking done. Mm. And so I've been, as I go from room to room, just in the course of my day, I will see something and I'll be like, is that my favorite? Do I really love that? Do I really use that? And if the answer to any of those is no, I don't even think about it. I put it in the corner. I'm, I need to find a box so that I can take it to the Goodwill or something, but I put it in the corner and it goes out. And what that's done so far is it's making me think about any other thing that I'm considering buying, even at the grocery store, like, because I'm seeing food that we're not eating. So when I did my grocery shopping yesterday, I was like, are we really going to, are we really going to eat that? Are we really going to use that in the time before it goes back? Like I'm thinking about every little thing now and it seems like not a big deal, but I think that speaks to the ripple effects that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said before, you know, there's things that I'd like to get rid of and I do reach a point where I could have a skip and just chuck a lot of stuff in it if it wasn't for the fact that it'd be complete waste, but um, yeah. And I don't know whether that's part of the whole wanting to live a simpler life, which is maybe a factor, 
whether it's I think as I've got older I've kind of thought what do I need all this stuff for you know why did I I mean I don't have a lot of them now I've given a lot of them away but I had a load of books and it was imperative that I kept them all and had them on shelves and then you know I'd never read them again I, I might have read them once or twice but you know you knew you weren't going to read them again but holding on to them um and again I think it's there's this sort of socially acceptable way of doing things that you know you you buy something and it has a so-called value and you can't just throw it away uh, or give it away it's but at the end of the day you know now I look back on stuff and I just think why did I even do that you know mm-hmm. it's of no importance now and yeah just it just seems completely pointless so if you could if you could create like if you woke up tomorrow morning and your life was just like somebody waved a magic wand overnight and your life was just as you'd like it like mm-hmm. simple living whatever like do you have any idea what that would look or feel like for you just a lot more space and not as much stuff that I've got around me um really simple rooms and just all the extraneous stuff that you know you you keep because of sentimental value or you know that's gone um yeah I think it's I I just want to get well I'd like to get to a point where I have things that I actually use and I'm not just using the house as a storage facility for things that you know I've not looked at in the past 18 months since we moved in the house (laughs) you know and it's I got rid of, um, my mum had saved birthday cards and Christmas cards and Easter cards. And there's probably, I don't know how many boxes I've got left. Um, I've probably still got about three boxes of them. And it's that wrench of getting rid of something that connects you with somebody who's no longer here. But what what's the point I never look at them it's not like I I go through them every week and have a look um and so yeah I'm kind of I want to work my way through all of those I've done some got rid of some um and just keep a few um you know that for some reason are important um I've got letters (laughs) and it's like again I don't look at look at them I don't read them. It's unlikely I ever will. Um, and yeah, they're just sitting there taking up room. And yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's that sort of sentimentality really. But also, I mean, I've, I've said this before, I'm sure that, um, you know, I'm an only one. So none of this stuff is of any relevance to anybody else when I'm not here you know, because Chris, we had this conversation recently and I said to Chris, you know, I feel the need to kind of 
make my own decisions about stuff and let things go because I said if something happened to me none of it really means anything to you and he said well it only means something to me because it meant something to you but you know letters and Christmas cards and birthday cards they're, they're of no value to anybody apart from me so I kind of feel it's a bit like this Swedish death decluttering yes that I need to do that I need to make my decisions now and get rid of things that have just of no relevance to anybody else. Um, And yeah, I think whether it's to do with getting old, I I don't necessarily think it's to do with my own mortality, um, but I think your values change and what was important to you in your 20s you kind of think, well, it's not important at all now. Yeah, I think a lot about that. You know, I we've talked about this before too. I think just once my mother passed, I started thinking differently about death and my own mortality and what really is important. And mm. um, what was it? I'm trying to remember what I was, I was just thinking about this the other day because I kept thinking, um, So like we moved to this area, to this house five years ago. And when we, we also had this house built and when it was being built, I remember, and then when we moved in, I remember thinking as a child, if someone had told me I would live in a house like this, I would have never, ever, ever believed it ever would have never believed I would live. That was for the the rich folks, the fancy folks or whatever. And that was never me. And it's different now, but even still, like there are three of us. It's a four bedroom house, which I love because then I get my own office, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of nice. But my point is after we moved in, I started thinking about, I felt deflated and I was like, why am I feeling this way? And I realized it was because I had made it mean something that it doesn't mean. And once I, I, once it was like all said and done and the paperwork is signed and the ink is dried and we're here, I was like, oh shit, (laughs) this is not what I thought. This does not mean what I thought it meant. And so now I think about that a lot and I'm like, what else am I kind of making default decisions about? that don't mean what I think they mean. Yeah. And a lot of it (laughs) doesn't mean anything to me anymore. (laughs) Like that value that I had attributed Mm. to so many of these decisions, it's there, there's none. It's gone. I think that's really interesting. And I think it is, it is that, you know, things that we think have a value when you look at it, they don't have any value at all. And, you know, some of the stuff that I've got, I've still got of my mum and dad's, things that my mum really treasured. Hang on, let me just close this window. Someone's doing something outside that's very loud. Let me just close that. Um, Yeah, some of the things that I've got that were my mum's that she treasured and... You know, she used to say, oh, don't just get rid of these because they're worth this, that and the other. They have 
very little value. Um, and yeah, it's just that sentimental thing, which is quite, is meaningless in a way. And it's just something that we cling on to. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, a lot of things, they just don't have, they don't have a real value. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And that's, I think that's what pushes me to, like I'd already said, I keep thinking about getting rid of and releasing as much as I can. But what I do think about, I would love to be able to spend my time like out hiking in the trees, uh, you know, through the woods or whatever, not here because it's too hot here and it's not, this is not my place. But like I, like I said, I keep imagining like the Pacific Northwest and just how amazing would life be if I could like get up, have my coffee, have some breakfast, pack a bag and go hike through the woods for three hours, whatever, you know, whatever. And just be with mama, just be with the trees and soak that energy up. And I keep thinking, so yeah, for me, I think it's about the experiences of my day-to-day -day life more than the stuff that I have around me, which isn't a new concept. People have been talking about that for years and years and years. But I think sometimes, like you've said, when you hit that point of like, I'm done, I'm over this, it's like something clicked in my brain and I, I, like I'm holding it differently. I am thinking differently. Yeah. I don't know. So we started the podcast talking about like, how do you start to take those steps? And I think for me, I think for me, a big part of that honestly was allowing myself to recognize that I'd hit that wall, that I'd hit that point of like, I'm done and not making that wrong just by default, just allowing it to be there and to sit there and to be uncomfortable with it. I've been so uncomfortable mm -hmm. for the past three or four weeks, just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what this is. Am I going into a depression again? What's, you know, just not knowing and being uncomfortable and, and being okay with that. And then as it's starting to shift, I'm really just kind of following the energy of, okay, is this my favorite thing? Do I really want this? Do I really use that? Or am I keeping it just in case? Mm. I keep so much stuff just in case. And before I know it, five years has gone by, I haven't touched it. Mm. And it's just literally taking up space and I have to dust it every week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I believe based on what I'm experiencing, I think that if we let ourselves be in that discomfort of I'm done, but I don't know what's next. Mm. And then kind of following the energy when something does come up and letting yourself just do it if and as, I feel like the steps will kind of reveal themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something that was talking about um you know we all try to avoid discomfort and yes it's part of life and it's something that you've kind of got to allow sometimes um 
I think for me, you know, all this stuff, it has, it has a weight to it and letting go of things is lifting that weight off me. Um, you know, I think, like you say, you know, if you've got stuff in your house, you've got to dust it, you've got to clean it. And that's taking time from you going out and doing the things that you really want to do. And energy. And, yeah, yeah. And I think it ends up that sometimes our stuff owns us rather than the other way around. Absolutely. And um, yeah, letting go has always been a big one for me. Um, but how how do you do simple living? Um, I think some of it is being more aware, like you said, of what we buy and do you go to the supermarket and buy stuff that you really don't need or it's not going to get eaten. Um, it's making more conscious decisions. And yeah, much as some days I'd love to throw everything into a skip, you it's not exactly practical so it's I think it's sometimes a slower process than what we would like yeah for sure which means like again we're coming back to the discomfort it's you want to be able to wave a magic wand and all the things that you want to do are done um and it happens overnight and there we go we're, we're all done with it but it takes much longer than that. And I think that's what we don't like. Yeah. We want the miracle cure and it's actually an evolution and changing the way we live. And that's going to take time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you've heard the phrase of, um, what is it? The, it's the journey, not the destination or whatever. Yeah. Yeah whatever that phrase is, because I think that the time that it takes and the energy that it takes to make these changes that we're talking about, those are actually changing. I'll speak for myself. Those are actually changing me into a different person. And I feel like that process, including the discomfort of it, you know, like the way that rocks are tumbled, that's, you know, there's, there's discomfort there. It's, it doesn't feel good. It's, for all kinds of reasons, it, it sucks in some ways. And that is also changing me, I think, into a person who can live simply later. Because if I've gone through this whole process and I've sat with this discomfort and I have felt the like, oh my God, do I get rid of this or do I not? You know, if I've, if I've kind of not struggled, but if I've kind of wrestled with that a little bit, dozens or hundreds or whatever of times, you can be damn sure I'm going to be much more conscious at the end of that, of what I do bring in, of the choices that I make about how I live my life, how I purchase things, how I, how I do everything. So I think that, yes, the, the discomfort sucks and it doesn't feel good. And, you know, as humans, I think we're kind of wired to move toward pleasure and away from discomfort. But at the same time, it's, it's that process itself that makes us into the person who can live this way. Hmm. 
which I had not really thought about before I just articulated yeah. it. So this is super fun. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the good thing about thinking out loud. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you actually articulate things out loud, you get greater clarity. And yeah, I mean, I, some of the things I say whilst we're talking, they're not necessarily fully formed, but they're just, you know, in the moment. And I think that's why it's so great doing these. Yeah. And, you know, listening to somebody else and thinking about what they've said and what do you think about that? That's that's what I find really interesting. Yeah, I think it can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we started, you said about, you know, if you trying to do something like simple living and trying to do it in the world we live in it's like trying to turn around the titanic and it can feel like that and seem like that um i guess you know the only ways that we can do it are starting small just break it down into small steps and do what you can every day um and i think it does come back a little bit to you know, the whole essence thing and feeling that you're in alignment. I think, you know, it's sort of a lot of the time when we're in discomfort, it's because we're out of kilter with ourselves in some way. And it's how do you bring all of that back so that you feel that you're in alignment and um I've been writing some stuff down because I mean like you I've I felt it a bit um you know things need to change and I've been making lists of um you know what do I want from life and what um what lights me up uh what sort of gives me that spark or what sparks me and um I've even started writing you know what sort of music do I like what sort of art do I like because I think it's so easy to lose sight of those things you know we get so um well just entrenched in the day-to-day -day life and especially you know other people are doing this and you're doing that and you can get carried away and I've been doing um lists on note pd I think I'm up to this day 72 now and it's been really interesting because it's made me think I did one the other day 10 favorite tracks and I had to work so hard to actually come up with it Chris could, you know, you could say, what are your 10 favourite tracks? He could come up with it in five seconds. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't even know what sort of music I like anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what's my favourite art and what sort of things really light me up? And I think we, we just, we get lost along the way somewhere. Yeah. Um, because we're so busy, we're not... We're not slowing down and making time for ourselves. And yeah, we've kind of got to um, 
regroup and bring all those bits of ourselves back together. Yeah, reconnecting with our inherent magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> you know what, too? It's so funny. That just occurred to me, too. You know how they say um, you teach what you most need to learn? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm really feeling that right now. Like for these past, what, three years or whatever it's been, I've, I, I do in a lot of ways feel like I've kind of done a 180 from where I started then. Um, but I think too, that, I don't know, maybe I've gotten a little bit complacent with it or something. And it feels like life has kind of given me a little bit of a kick and said, okay, you've had your, you've had your break, you've had your resting period. Now it's time to take off that, that layer of the onion and go a little deeper mm. and walk your talk in that way. I kind of feel like that's what this is. This it, it's felt a little bit like a crucible, a little bit like a, a trial by fire. And, but I think <laughs> I'm pretty stubborn. And I think that that's like the only way that life consistently can get through to me yeah is by making me so freaking uncomfortable that I can't ignore it anymore yeah like I have to do something I have to do something different but I think the good thing too is that once I think I said this before once no I'll again I'll speak for myself after hitting that point of just like nope done over it it doesn't feel like it takes as much effort for me to start changing things because I'm so, and you'd said earlier, when you're so exhausted, it's hard to think of these things and hard to make these changes. But I think for me, I think I was fighting so hard against um, the current. And now I'm like the current being society, what society dictates and how we quote unquote should be and whatever. I had been fighting to kind of go along with that because it's against my nature. And now I feel like I'm so bone tired that I just don't have the energy to fight it anymore, to fight my own nature, I mean. And so it feels easier to follow along with these impulses that I have because it feels like those are coming from inside me and it's not something from outside that I'm trying to force myself or squeeze myself into. Does that make sense? Mm. I suppose we get to a point where it's almost like going with the flow. I don't mean going with the flow of what everybody else is doing, but just kind of releasing a need to control it or yeah. to be a part of it and just yeah. letting go in that sense yeah. and going with the flow. But what you said about, um, you know, you reach a point where you're ready to move on. I think, I mean, I think I feel quite similar. Um, I don't know whether you, you kind of, you've done your apprenticeship somehow and mm -hmm. you're ready for the next stage. You're not consciously aware that you're ready for the next stage, but maybe that's what's happening. But I call it the kick in the seat of the pants as well, where something happens 
that is like a catalyst and you've not necessarily been resisting it or ignoring it um but if you don't answer that kick in the seat of the pants then at some point you will get it in a big way yeah and you'll be moved forward rather than moving yourself forward yeah yeah um, that's true so yeah i think um it's listening to those signs isn't it and if you can listen to signs but um yeah it's it's being aware of those and responding to them yeah learning to listen internally i think is the big thing and i think we each have different ways of recognizing like some people hear that still small voice some people just have an inner knowing or an inner feeling some people see signs outside of them that lead, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of determining what's your way mm. and then paying attention to that, yeah, yeah. not just ignoring it, not just yeah. shoving it back down or saying, oh yeah, but this is just not a, not a really good time. Check back later. Like you can't do that. I mean, you can, but it's going to get harder, mm. <laughs> you yeah. know? I think it really is about learning to listen in whatever way or, or take in that information from your yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe maybe that is kind of the core of simple living as well. It's you know, when I talk about living at a gentle pace, I think you know, if you slow down and you're not do you're not rushing around so much and you give yourself some time that's when you start hearing these things and you yes. understand what the nudges are um, yes whereas you know when you're racing around you don't have the the time the capacity or the energy to actually notice and i think that's that's kind of why everything feels so off because everybody's in such a rush and there are so many challenges and people haven't yeah. got that time to slow down right and whose best interest is that in not ours no 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 <laughs> well as i always say follow the money right exactly exactly but that's a whole other conversation. It really is. I know. I know. I'm not going to go there. We could easily, but is, we'll leave yeah. that one maybe for another day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I think it's it's been very interesting. And I think um, I'm probably speaking for both of us, but I don't know. But I think, you know, we're possibly at a similar point and we're, we've got similar challenges and um you know the whole simple living thing is is not easy for us to do it's it takes time and it takes learning and um i'm certainly i certainly haven't got it nailed but like you said you know we teach best what we most need to learn and i find you know that is always so ironic for me i know 
I know. And, and appropriate though, I think, Yeah, yeah. you know, mm. I do. I think it's really interesting how that works out. I just wanted to mention real quick before we finish, um, I made a note. There's, um, if I can still find it, I don't know if it's still alive. There's an old blog that I followed like, gosh, 10 years ago or something. Um, it was called the fluent self and it was Javi. She wrote a blog post. She called fractal flowers. And the gist of it is anytime you make a choice in a particular direction or take an action towards a particular goal, you can, there's a way of holding it so that you're kind of setting the intention that everything now that happens is feeding that goal. And I never say it right. I've tried to say it right for years, but I'm going to find that blog post and link it in the show notes so that, um, like I said, if it's still live, I don't know if her blog is still live, but way because back the way machine. she talks about it, huh? <laughs> I think it's called way back machine, right? Yeah. I could find that too. That's I've done brilliant. That. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to find that and share it in the show notes because I think it's a, for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed by the idea of this, but also feeling drawn toward living simply and you just don't know how to start I think this blog post could be really helpful because it it takes a lot of the pressure and the weight off Mm. and it helps you to think about it in terms of like any little teeny tiny step that I take is having a bigger impact than I can see right now from where I am so I've always found it really helpful yeah I think that's true as well right then well we may as well stop here and um, thank you all very much for tuning in and listening and yes. we shall be back in a couple of weeks yeah so bye see you soon time. take care thanks so much for listening to conversations across the pond with angel and nicola i'm angel and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one. This is a passion project for both of us. So to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.